Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I am so happy you are here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about all things to do with motherhood and parenting and explore the joys and the challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to inspire us all on our parenting adventures and to support parents to raise their children with more awareness, connection and love. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today I'm so happy to be joined by Steph Fleeton on the um, episode today to talk about all kinds of things to do with Aware Parenting. So thanks so much, Steph. Oh, thank you for having me here, Joss. I'm so excited to talk to you. Well, we've had lots of beautiful conversations in the past, so I'm looking forward to another one today. And I just want to introduce you briefly in case people aren't familiar with you. So Steph is a holistic childhood mentor and aware parenting instructor. She has two beautiful boys and is the founder of Spirited Hearts Natural Learning Haven, as well as Mama's Sacred Circle. She started off as a childhood early educator and runs her own family daycare alongside her husband, which is built on the foundations of aware parenting, which I think would be beautiful to have in every town and every city and every community in Australia. She um, now runs it as an independent natural learning haven, um, which is about providing really a home away from home, a safe, nurturing and joyful space where each child is accepted and nurtured for the beautiful, unique individual that they are. So welcome to the episode, Steph, and thanks so much for joining us. Mm, I'm so excited. I love these deep, meaningful conversations, especially about aware parenting, um, because, yeah, it's really the foundation of everything I do. So Beautiful. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) So I know you were quite recently on Marin and Lael's beautiful podcast talking about lots of interesting things, and I know that there you did speak about how you came to aware parenting, but are you willing to just briefly um, talk a little bit about what brought you to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Um, so you and I have similar backgrounds. I discovered in one of our chats. Um, so I have a psychology degree as well. I the At the end of my second year, I decided I didn't want to pursue the original path to become a registered clinical psychologist. I didn't really resonate with labeling people like you know when they come into you and you have your manual in front of you and you like see where they fit and all that I I see people as like beautiful unique individuals and I don't like to box them I don't like to label them because you know we're shaped by so many things and so I decided to finish the three years of my degree and then I went on to study uh, holistic counseling and various things like that. And then when I was pregnant with my first child, I had this vision of what I wanted parenting to look like. I wanted it to be really, you know, positive and nurturing and uplifting. And um, so I was like searching for books because I'm a book nerd, um, you know, for anything out there that will kind of come similar to what I was envisioning and I hadn't found anything. And then I did a calm birth workshop and I was given a little booklet and at the back of it there was a essay by Marion and I read it and it was just like the sun just shone down on me (laughs) when I read that I was just like wow this makes so much sense to me and I can't believe something actually exists like this and so I read all of um, Marianne's articles on her website at the time, which I think was Parenting with Presence. Yeah. It was, you know, that that long ago. (laughs) Um, And I ordered all of Aletha's books and they arrived about two weeks after my son was born. And so I remember breastfeeding him and holding him to sleep and trying to read as much of the aware baby and, been tears and tantrums as I possibly could. And so we started um, with aware parenting from the 
moment he was a baby and it all just made sense to me. I, um, I'm a person who's naturally held space for people. Like even as a child, like when another child was crying, like I wouldn't run away in terror going, oh my God, that person's got big emotions. I'm out of here. Or I wouldn't think, okay, I've got to make this right. What can I do? I'll, you know, offer them food. I'll do this. I'll do that. I literally just sat with the person because I knew on some level that's what they were needing in that moment. And I was often labeled as shy. So people just sort sort thought, oh, Steph's just really shy. That's why she's just sitting there with that child because she doesn't know what to do. Um, And so when I read about, you know, this holding space and listening to big feelings uh, the way Aletha presents it and, you know, when we do cry and rage, it releases stress hormones from our body. It just made so much sense to me. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. And so when it came to holding my own babies and listening to them crying, I found it so easy. I didn't find it stressful to listen to the crying. I never thought, oh, I've got to stop this crying now unless, you know, they had a a medical condition, like they might have had a cold or something, and I knew that in that moment crying was a bit too much because it created too much congestion in their sinuses. And so it was just like so beautiful to hold my babies and just like, you know, trust in that process that they were healing with whatever was going on for them. And then they would um, sleep soundly and they were (coughs) just so happy. Mm. Um, Once they had, you know, released all this accumulated stress and um, yeah, it was just amazing. And I loved that part about aware parenting and, and yeah. And so um, as my eldest son got older, Aletha then released her book Attachment Play when he was about one. And that was the part of aware parenting I found most challenging because, you know, I spent my childhood with my own family and we had a really connected relationship. We would do family picnics and bush walks and hikes, you know, and ride our bikes to the local pool all the time and do board games. And so I had an amazing childhood, but there wasn't that sense of attachment play in the way Aletha describes it. There wasn't, you know, that silly nonsense play that you use for all those challenging and tricky situations. Seeing what that was like with my oldest son as a baby and, hearing in mum's groups how traumatised their own babies or their own children were going through daycare centres or family daycares. I was just like, I said to my husband, we need to start something. So at least, you know, a handful of children at a time can come to somewhere where they're really nurtured and loved and their feelings are held. And so that's what started us um, in family daycare over seven years ago was wanting to provide aware parenting to other families and to give children the opportunity to feel seen and heard no matter what was going on for them. And, yeah, so it's kind of grown from there. It's amazing. That's really amazing. Lots of things I want to ask you about all that process, but I just... um, I'm interested to know what it's like then having done aware parenting with your own children and listened to their feelings from the very beginning, which is just amazing how beautiful for them. Um, I'm interested in the the difference then between, you know, listening to feelings and supporting other people's children and then whether, you know, how that process has gone in terms of explaining to other parents what you're doing with their children, because presumably, at least initially, when people were coming to your daycare it was just because they wanted daycare, not specifically because you were doing it in an aware parenting way. So that you must have had parents come through who weren't familiar with this approach. So I'm just interested in in that. Hmm. So whenever I get a family inquire about me, I have an information booklet and it's very, my philosophy is very specific and I list uh, who um inspires our approach so aware parenting is listed there as long as as well as like playful parenting Alfie Cohn's unconditional parenting um bush and forest schools natural learning so parents can see 
our approach before they come. And then the next step, if they want to continue, is they come and meet us. And so it kind of weeds out the people that are just like, I'm not sure if this approach resonates with me or not. And so we explain to parents that we will accept whatever their child comes with. Like, you know, if they're angry, frustrated, upset, crying, you know, and some parents do specifically say they're just like, oh, so what would you do if my child was having a tantrum or do you do timeouts? I'm like, no, definitely not. Don't do those. Um, And so, you know, we would explain what we would do if a child was having a tantrum, how we'd either turn it into play or we'd set a loving limit, which is a term coined by Marion Rose. And, you know, we'd listen to those feelings. And then so often parents like, oh, that makes so much sense. And you just explain to them why it's healthy for children to express themselves. And the way I like to explain it to parents is in no, if you think back to a time when you were really, really upset and you had that one person and they just sat with you and listened and they didn't try to fix anything. And then afterwards, how did you feel? And they're just, and I'm just like, a child has that same need. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, we, you know, we accept a child for all they are and all they bring to us. And they haven't heard of aware parenting before. They understand the importance of our emotions and our feelings and allowing them to be released. And so sometimes parents don't have the capacity to do that themselves because maybe they haven't had all their feelings fully met or, you know, maybe they've just had a newborn baby or a whole variety of other things that are going on. And so they drop their children off here knowing that their child's emotions will be held no matter what they're feeling. You know, if they're, if they're crying, then, you know, they're not going to be left alone to cry. They're going to be sat next to and held and, you know, told that someone's like, I'm here and I'm listening and you're safe here and like given so much empathy and compassion. and and that's what's very different to compared to somewhere else. Like if you drop your child off crying, like you don't want to leave your child there crying because you know that they're going to get distracted or that they're just going to be told to go sit in the corner and calm down. Where parents who leave their children here who, you know, might need to rush off to an appointment or might need to drop their kids off at school know that that's not going to happen to their child. So they're that why they do have big feelings about it themselves too, because it's, you know, heartbreaking to leave your child crying. They know at the same time that that child will be held and supported through those big feelings. And so that's, yeah, the difference between here and what with what I do and somewhere else. And it's having that trusting relationship with the parents as well. Like the parents have to trust the educators that they're living their children with Mm. and so that's really important to me too and it's educating parents as well in a way of parenting and showing them that you know there are other ways that they can parent to make it easier for themselves and more joyous through play and through connection And so they take these principles home with Mm. them. And it's just like a beautiful, holistic approach. Mm. Amazing. It must be so incredible for the parents to to have the service of of somebody else listening to their children and helping their children to offload feelings. So these kids must go home um, very different to how they arrive with you, but also to have that opportunity to learn more. And I think, yeah, that adult perspective is so helpful about so many aspects of aware parenting where we you know, help um, parents to consider what it's like to be on the receiving end of that kind of support themselves and what that would have felt like both when they were children and, and now. And um, I mean, that's true so often of like the the piece of you know, where parenting around needs um, for autonomy and for choice and, and the way that children are spoken to with respect and love. And, you know, if you said to a 
you would never speak to parents in, in to a parent to an adult in the way that you know so many adults speak to their children so yeah just understanding that perspective can be so powerful for them can't it i'm wondering what how how that how you manage that then practically day to day in your in your daycare settings to have lots of emotions coming up and lots of um you know children expressing big feelings because it quite often is is pretty noisy and and pretty um can be quite intense how do you manage that it's actually quite easy i guess it's because at the beginning i worked alongside my husband so there was always two of us mm-hmm. and now i work alongside my mum most of the time so i've employed her with me because it's never been about the numbers For me, it's always been about providing the highest quality and emotionally supportive care outside of a child's home or maybe including a child's home. And so having two adults has always been something that has been important to me. Mm. But in that part where it is just me, when a child is upset and you're sitting with that child and another child comes over, um, it's just a, a matter of saying, I see that you really need help with that puzzle right now. I'm just sitting with Liam right now because he's feeling really upset because he's missing his mummy. And so I'm just going to sit with him and you're welcome to sit with us too. And because children come here at different stages, like not just all at once. So they've all been on this journey themselves mm. where they've had their feelings listened to. And so to see another child have their feelings listened to is completely normal for them. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that child's up Steph, upset. Steph's got that child. Um, I'll just either sit with them. And so sometimes the kids offer empathy too and say, I'm here too. Um, I can see you're upset. And so they modelling back what they see me do. And then at other times um, they might just be like, okay, I, um, I'll just wait for you over here and, till you're ready and they'll just go play with the other kids or play with something until I'm ready completely um, unstressed about what's actually happening because when they see big feelings they see it as normal and so it doesn't you know stress or traumatize them and so yeah I just give them the opportunity to hold space as well or you know do something else until the child that I'm giving all my attention to you know, has released all that they need to in that moment. Wow, that's amazing. So, I mean, not only are the children getting to express and to have that their feelings heard and to heal from things that are distressing for them, but they're also getting that modelled and watching you do that with other children and, and learning how to offer that themselves. That's so amazing. Wow. One of the things that I know you're particularly passionate about, Steph, is about um, supporting children with special needs with aware parenting and um, and the need to understand the theory of, of this approach and then to be able to apply it to each individual child to meet their individual needs in the best way. Are you willing to talk a bit about that and your experience with your, your son and getting his diagnosis and so on? Yeah, absolutely. How do you think um, aware parenting? Uh, I just I'm keen to understand more about how you came to this understanding of aware parenting needing to be um, a unique dance that we offer to each of our children depending on their unique needs. So it took me a while to realize <laughs> this realization didn't happen overnight, and it became more prominent as my elder son got older because. He processes the world differently, so he gets overstimulated and overwhelmed very, very easily um, and very quickly. And so just any new experience at all or any time he feels anxious, he will act that out externally. And so for me, myself, and for my husband, and even for our youngest son, we tend to internalize our feelings. So when something's stressing us out, we'll go inside and we'll we'll work on it internally and no one will kind of know what's going on. Um, where with my elder son, he externalizes it all. So he has um, this stimming, which is a autism trait, which um, 
stimulating behavior to try and cope with what's going on in the world. And he'll, any piece of string he'll get, and he's done it since he was like a toddler, he'll go and like wave it around. And so, or he'll suck his shirt or he'll bite his pencil. And so he, he, he has these like little mannerisms and they alert you to the fact that something's going on for him in that moment. And normally it's when he feels out of control normally it's when he's feels out of control within himself Mm -hmm. um that there's so much going on within his own body and then he tries to exert control on others which can come across aggressively you know he'll try to aggress you know use force to you know force someone to do something they don't want to do because and in those moments I'm just like you're feeling really out of control and so when you have a firm knowledge of aware parenting you can then go in with the different tools but you have to be very creative and very in tune with your child as to which tool you use when and sometimes like it's a matter of trial and error you and I found that people with with kids who have um diagnoses like my eldest son they are very intelligent and clued in as to what you're doing and so in sometimes in his stages of you know having big feelings and you go to move in with listening and saying I'm here and I'm listening he'll completely shut you down and say don't you dare listen to me that's not what I want right now. You get away with all your weird aware parenting stuff and you leave me alone. And so, and he will, you know, be having a big meltdown in that moment. And so you move away, you respect that. But And so I just say, okay, I'm going to move away, but I just want you to know I'm just over here and I'm here if you need me. But at the same time, you have to also be mindful of where he's going to go because he might want to exert control over some, like his little brother, that's his main form of control. Um, And so I'm always aware of, okay, where is your little brother? Because I need him in my sight because otherwise he'll go and, you know, push over his little brother or take, you know, whatever he's playing with off him. And so then you have to move in with a loving limit which is very hard when he's nine years old and he can physically overpower you. And so I've ended up with bruises and he's pushed me to the ground and fallen on me. So my back's cracked and it's really hard to move in close when you yourself don't want to get hurt. And so like, it literally looks like a dance battle, um, where you're trying to keep everyone and everything safe, including, you know, your child who is having all these big, strong feelings and at the same time offering the empathy or the play or something, you know, will get through in that moment to your child that I'm here and I am wanting to connect with you right now. I can see that you don't want to connect right now, but I need you to know that I'm here. And so it's, um, it can be so dicey being in those situations, especially if you're like me and I didn't grow up in a violent family whatsoever. And I don't like confrontation and I myself am a highly sensitive person. And so when you have, you know, your child lashing out at you and wanting to beat you up, it's so intense and uh, confronting. And so that's, you know, why listening partnerships are so important because you have to release all your feelings about what's going on in that moment too. And, yeah, it's I just have so much compassion and empathy for parents that are going through that and parents who, you know, will try moving in and then they get hit or um, that, you know, they hear about all these um, amazing stories of 
accomplishment of aware parenting for other families and children and then they're left wondering, but that doesn't work for me. Like why is it not working it for me? Have Have I misread what I'm doing or am I not doing it right? And it can leave you feeling like a failure when you don't know where to turn because you're flipping through the pages of the Aware Parenting books or you're listened to, you know, all the amazing podcasts and it's still not working. And that's why, you know, I've discovered that, you know, you really need to get creative and you really need to be in tune with your child to the point where you can see it mounting before it actually happens. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And like you say, that just requires us getting so much support ourselves in order Mm -hmm. to be free to be able to do that so that we're not going into that flight or fight and or getting triggered ourselves when our children are behaving in, in these really challenging ways. But we can stay calm and stay tuned into what exactly is going on for them and what would be the best thing to do in this particular moment to, to get that sweet spot. And, and then in this particular moment, and what about now? It's hmm. um, yeah, it requires so much of us, doesn't it? How, how do you go about, you mentioned listening partnerships. How, how, what else do you do and, and how does that work for you? Um, that whole process around getting support and meeting your needs and, and having the opportunity to express your feelings too. Mm, so I am so grateful that I have some beautiful friends who also have children with diagnoses and special needs. And so they will just hold that space for me. And I know that they're giving me more than empathy and compassion. I know that they're giving me, I've been there. I'm still there right now. And that's just so healing to know that when you're saying how difficult your child is and how they you know, beat you up and how hard that can be that that other person isn't judging you because they know exactly how hard it is because they've in that moment, they've been in that moment countless times before too. So that's one thing I do is I speak to my friends who are willing to listen. I'm just like, actually, most of the time they just have to have a look at my face and they're just like, you need a hug. And, (laughs) and then, um, you know, they'll hug me and they'll ask me what's going on and they'll never try and fix it. Mm. You know, they, they just hold the space and and then we end up sharing stories, you know, about our own children. And it just makes you feel less alone in the world that I'm not the only one, you know, currently going through this. Mm. There's people all around the world going through this. And I think that's really important because it can be so isolating having a child with a diagnosis because they're not responding atypically. They don't have a typical brain. They process the world in such a unique way. And, you know, it can be very intense and it can be like very intimidating for people who do experience the world in an atypical way. But at the same time, they have just like these amazing and beautiful gifts. Like my son, no matter how difficult and exhausting it can be to be his parent he has ways of looking at the world that strangers will go how is he nine years old like how like he he can think outside the box on so many things and he'll point out things that maybe you haven't realized because he's just so sensitive to everything and he'll just point something out and it's because his senses are like always so heightened that He just notices things that most people wouldn't. And so just seeing that each of these children are just beautiful, unique individuals with just this giving you a gift, you know, they're showing you this is such a different way of looking at the world. Can you come join me here and we can go on this journey together and in those hard moments, I always remind myself that it's a storm and the storm will pass. Mm. And I don't even have a word for it because it's just like so beautiful and so intense and so difficult yet so powerful and all Mm. these different things just come up. And so that really helps me through those moments as well. And knowing that I would much rather my eldest son be with me than in another family who doesn't 
give him that space to be who he is, even through all the anger and the aggression. Mm. Mm. And one of the beautiful things about aware parenting is that um, that sense that we are a rock in a storm for our children to be to be held on. I get that sense so strongly from what you're saying and, and how much that is meeting his needs to know that you're there and for you to be offering your support for him in whatever form that that is in that particular moment, but in a way that feels that solid sense of calm, stable, supportive presence. How powerful, how amazing. And like you say, how incredible that he's in your family where he's getting where he's getting that kind of support, where he's getting that understanding and where you are always trying to tune into him and find ways to meet his particular needs in that moment in the way that's most helpful. How amazing. Mm. Wow. Oh, it's so interesting. What about our own healing process? You were talking about your childhood and that it was sounds like it was pretty pretty lovely and wholesome and beautiful but of course we all still have feelings and pain that we carry and wounds and trauma that we're carrying from our childhood and I wonder with especially with your understanding your background in in psychology and counseling and so on how have you found that process as as we parent our children and and reparent ourselves at the same time well I didn't have any violence like I still had yelling and harsh words and so in my moments where I'm depleted or exhausted or I have big feelings, I do say harsh things mm-hmm. in harsh tones and you need to have a, an awareness of the fact that that's something that you need to work on in that moment. So when you say something harsh or you yell and you go within yourself to you know what's going on for you then you can work at healing yourself and listening to yourself and it's so important to listen to your own feelings or have your own feelings listened to by someone that you trust just as it's important to listen to your own child's and so you have to differentiate between what's my child's in this moment and what's mine mm. especially if you are highly sensitive you know sometimes it can be hard to differentiate who's feeling what and when. And so, yeah, that does require a lot of inner work. And while my family life was amazing, I was bullied like at school because I was air quotes too quiet, which is just who I am. Like I only speak when I want to speak, not to hear the sound of my own voice. And so I have had feelings of powerlessness when, you know, my eldest son lashes out or uses violence and things because I felt powerless in those Mm. situations at school. And so it's so important to do our own work and to explore our own childhood. And I love Marion's inner loving presence process for, you know, exploring all that part of your life and helping you heal yourself so that you can parent better because parenting isn't just about being centered on a child it's you know yourself you're on this journey just like your child is new to this world you're new to parenting Mm -hmm. and so when you see it more as a parallel journey as opposed to a hierarchy where I'm the parent so I know more which might be the case in life, but you're new to parenting as well. And so I think when we keep that in mind, it's a humbling experience. Mm. And I love growing and evolving. And I think children increase our growth more than anything else in this world, possibly, (laughs) because they are walking little mirrors and they will reflect back to us exactly what we need to work on. And so I think having an openness and a willingness to work on ourselves is so important for us as parents, but also for us as human beings too. Mm. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it's so powerful, isn't it? And our children will, every stage of the parenting process, will show us exactly what we need to be giving some loving attention to in ourselves in ways that we just cannot ignore 
uh, it just becomes increasingly difficult to ignore them when they behave in ways and what we find really challenging and, and to see that the mirror, like you say, of, of what we need to be working on ourselves. And that happens throughout, doesn't it? And I'm, my eldest is now an adult. So now I'm exploring lots of um, things that happened around my adulthood and you know, my early adulthood and late teen years. And mm-hmm. it's just every step of the way we are having opportunities to to come face to face with some of our wounds and some of our hurts. It's just so powerful. And I love the thought of it being a parallel journey where we're, you know, we're walking along the path together. It's it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And just when when you think, yes, I've got this all <laughs> organized, you then enter a new chapter. <laughs> and then you you're basically back to square one. Yeah. With a different stage of life for your child because yeah. you know they're not a toddler anymore. They're now a preschooler. So you have to navigate that. So a whole parenting journey is about restarting again and again and again as your child gets older and reaches different milestones. Mm. Yeah, and it's, yeah, learning how to, as you've described so beautifully, apply these tools in a way that meets the individual unique needs of your child. It's doing that each time your child is in a new new stage and has new unique needs and, um, yeah, supporting them in that way. It's beautiful. If you think back to the beginning of your aware parenting process with what you know now, what what would have been a really helpful thing for you to have deeply understood and been aware of or a few things? Hmm. That's a very good question. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about what I've done. Looking back, though, and I don't like comparing children, but if I look back, I would have seen more early warning signs with my eldest son because he would cry a lot, Mm. as in like three hours a day, Mm. sometimes twice a day, because he was just so overstimulated by everything. And if I did know now what I knew then, I probably would have sheltered him a little bit more Mm -hmm. from the outside world and allowed him to have more say in exploring on his own like will was he willing in that moment to go to the park Mm. or was that me thinking oh going to the park will be a good idea yeah and yeah just looking back at that aspect and having like more knowledge and awareness of you know, children who do have diagnoses and being a possibility that you can point it from newborn stage and depending on how sensitive they are to the world around them and how unsettled they are because my younger son, he he was sleeping five hours overnight from the day he was born mm-hmm. and he was just like this wise little soul in a tiny little body And he would cry, but he could go like 20 minutes a day and then he'd be fine and you can do special time for 10 minutes a day and he's like cups filled forever. And my older son, you could give him like three hours of special time every single day and it's still never enough. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I guess having, yeah, I wouldn't do anything differently because we did follow aware parenting and, you know, we gave our older son all these amazing holding space opportunities where he released all what was going on for him. And there was a time where I thought, oh, I must have done something wrong back when he was a newborn because maybe I didn't listen to his feelings enough as I should have, or maybe I should have done more play, or maybe I should have done this. But there's no point beating yourself up with all Mm. these emotional sticks because that's not serving anyone any good. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm just very comfortable at this point now that you know I did all that I needed to do at that point and there's a lot that we don't know about certain diagnoses because that I mean that's why they call it an autism spectrum diagnosis and they have you know different combinations of ADHD mm-hmm. like within those there's still no hard and fast rules it's and it's changing all the time like the more psychologists and neuroscientists delve into the brain and explore emotions and things. They're always finding 
new things. And so, yeah, I just seeing each child as a unique individual and just meeting them wherever they are at in that moment mm-hmm. and meeting their needs, whether that's, you know, emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, and realizing that you're doing the best you can in every moment as well mm-hmm. and giving yourself the grace that we all make mistakes and there's no such thing as a perfect parent. We're all learning just equally as much as our child. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, yeah, that's really my question was about, you know, giving the benefit of your knowledge and wisdom now to people who are early on in the process. And I think that you can't get a stronger, more powerful and more beautiful message than that. Those two things really. One is that treating each of our children as a unique individual and and really bringing our awareness and our our loving presence to them as often as we can to explore exactly what they need in that moment. And, yeah, the other is about self-compassion around doing good enough always and trying to learn increasingly to not go into that judgment of ourselves that we all learned as as children, but that just creates disconnection, makes it all so much harder. Whereas instead, when we bring that compassionate support for ourselves and that deep understanding that we are imperfect parents and that's inevitably going to be the case, it just makes, makes the whole process so much easier. I think those two are really beautiful things to share. Thanks, Steph. Hmm. Yeah, I think instead of seeing as, oh, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have done that. I'm a failure as a parent for, you know, using that language or yelling in that tone or sending my child to my to his room, you know, you think, okay, I need to go get some support myself and I need to go do some things that bring me joy and light me up so that I can, you know, better be there for my child and realizing that it that moment was just an opportunity for some more growth and some more inner work and some more reflection. Mm. Mm. Yeah, every every time, absolutely. What about uh, are there been resources that you found particularly helpful in your aware parenting adventures? I mean, you spoke about Marion's inner loving presence process already, mm-hmm. and, and loving books and things. Are there things that you would? really recommend for other people to investigate as ways to help them um, increase their knowledge and understanding and and self-awareness and 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 Mm -hmm. how to do this aware parenting thing yeah so I would recommend all of Marion's work the inner loving presence process all of Aletha's books because Mm -hmm. you know they have the theory and why she doesn't specifically go into much detail about the different diagnoses the wonderful thing about aware parenting is that it is about meeting each child's unique needs and so that work can be transferred to every single child and every single person on the planet no matter what their needs are because the focus is the needs yeah and I also really loved um, Lawrence Cohn's books, mm-hmm. um, Playful Parenting and the Opposite of Worry, Yeah, uh, especially if you have a child with anxiety and all those games are in alignment with aware parenting and he's just, they're just so, such easy to read books with so much knowledge where, you know, you don't feel like a complete fruit loop for acting like a bumbling fool to make your child laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's therapeutic for both of you. Mm-hmm. If you can find games and play where you and your child are laughing together, that's healing. It's connecting and it's healing for both of you. And that's been a game changer for me too, is, you know, using a lot of play. And my older son does respond well to play because he has a sense of humor Mm. and he's always seeking he's sensation seeking and also connection seeking so you've just got to find the right type of connection (laughs) like I don't know it's kind of almost like when you're trying to get signal on your phone like you've got to like wave it around in the air so you've just got to like try all these different things and eventually one of them will connect and um, you just go with that and um, as Lawrence Cohn says, follow the giggles. And so as soon as you, you're you onto something when, you know, you hear your child laughing, not because, you know, you're tickling them or forcing them to laugh, but because, you know, they're just spontaneously 
think that what you're doing is hilarious because, you know, you're doing something totally ridiculous that you probably would not have any confidence doing in public. But, yeah, and it's just I love play now that I've spent years, you know, doing it and I don't feel like an idiot anymore when I do it in front of the kids that come here. They they, they do look at me like I'm an idiot sometimes, but I'm just like, meh. You yeah. can you can think I'm an idiot all you want because I'm making you laugh and yeah, and that in itself is so powerful, isn't it? To have mm-hmm. children have the opportunity to to look at us and see us in that way, and not as a power authority figure, but as, as somebody who just wants to have a bit of fun and make them laugh, and even if it means we look stupid, that that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, and I have looked stupid many times. <laughs> like I have sat down on the ground while five toddlers have dressed me in every single dress up we own, which is a lot. Beautiful. And- <laughs> So I I looked ridiculous. I actually took a selfie of myself <laughs> because I'm just like, there's no way I am letting this opportunity go to make fun of myself because I have a sense of humor too. And so I sent it to my husband and I'm just like, yep, this is what we're doing today. And he's like, hmm, that looks fun. <laughs> Yeah, but it is, it's like what you were saying with um, Lawrence Cohen's book, it is the opposite of worry, isn't it? When we move mm-hmm. in with playfulness and laughter, it's exactly the opposite of that. It's just mm. fun and healing and connecting and so positive. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. So, Steph, how do people find you and do you, what what do you offer these days? I'm presumably running your daycare as a full-time job, but um, what else do you do and how can people find out more about you? So my main two places people can find out about me no matter where you are in the world is my website which is spiritedhearts.net and instagram which um, my handle is at spirited underscore hearts so i do run my natural learning haven tuesday to friday but i also do one-on-one parenting support consults parents no matter where they are in the world i love working with any parent but specifically parents of children 10 years and younger parents with children who do have children with diagnoses. And I do have my podcast, which is Spirited Hearts, the podcast with Steph Fleeton. And I do do one-on-one mentoring for ed- early childhood educators and teachers. Amazing. Um, Amazing. So, that can, so that they can, you know, work with me to implement aware parenting into their own workplaces so can and, I just ask you about that? Sorry to interrupt you, Steph, but can I yeah. just ask you specifically about that? If if parents have ch- their children in, in daycare centres and they are really wanting to have more of an aware parenting perspective brought into that environment, do you have um, resources that people can can use or, or would people if people got in contact with you, would you be able to mm-hmm. support them with that process? Yeah, so I do have an online course. It's not, I collaborated with a friend of mine and it's, on her website. It's called Holding Space for Big Feelings in Early Childhood Education. It's a total of two hours of videos of me talking, as well as PDF resources on how to listen to the crying and the raging in early childhood settings. Uh, So there's that. My podcast is about to have more content regarding that as well. Right. And By the end of this year, I'm also going to launch my Spirited Hearts Business Haven, which is for early childhood educators and teachers, where we go right into doing our own inner work and learning the science behind aware parenting and holding space for ourselves so then we can bring all this all these tools and resources to our classrooms and our daycares that will be a lifelong access course and then live rounds every year for everyone so wow Steph that sounds amazing I mean I just think of so many children around the world who are in daycare who would benefit from the yeah, people running those facilities to have uh, this understanding mm. and this knowledge. So I just think that has an incredible potential to bring such powerful change to so many people's lives. That's amazing. How fabulous. Yes, it's always been a dream of mine for the past, I guess, eight years. 
at first I was like, I want to revolutionize early childhood education and care. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, no, I'm not going to revolutionize that system because I think it's too broken. I'm just going to create a whole new system and you can just use it as an add-on. Amazing. And hopefully then that becomes the default system. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Well, I will put all of those links in the show descriptions, um, including that link that's on the other website. So I'll find that Mm. and add that in, but wonderful. Amazing. And if you were going to leave parents with one piece of wisdom about aware parenting and about this process, what would you say? What would you like to say or anything that you haven't said so far? Um, I would say to the parents listening that you are enough. You've always been enough. Even in the moments where you think I'm a failure or I did that wrong or I should have done this instead, they're just moments for your own personal growth and they're not going to damage your child. You always have the option to go in there and apologize and show your child that it's okay to make mistakes and to show them what it looks like, you know, when we do make mistakes to go in and apologize and just say, listen, I'm really sorry I yelled then. That wasn't to do with you. It was to do with me. I I was yelled at when I was a child and, you know, it hurt me a lot. And in that moment, I just felt really powerless and it wasn't anything about you. It was all about me. And I'd like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to explore that part of myself. And, you know, having this open dialogue with your child that, you know, you struggle as well and you have those feelings as well. And that's okay because, like I said, we're on a parallel journey. And so as parents, we just need to offer ourselves the compassion that we give to our child, to ourselves as well, and know that we are enough and we're always growing and we're always evolving. And this is just an amazing opportunity to be on earth with the beautiful souls that we've been given as our children to go on this lifelong journey with. Mm. Oh, so beautiful. And all that that teaches our children to do that and all that that frees them from as they become adults and parents too. It's just so, so powerful. Yeah. Mm, it is. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for coming on and for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your knowledge about all the different things that you've talked about. I'm so, so happy that we got a chance to speak. Oh, thank you so much, Joss. I've enjoyed another wonderful and beautiful, meaningful conversation with you. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.